Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the living water. We read from our gospel lesson, on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Here ends our text. On the last and greatest day of the feast, what Jesus is speaking about here is probably in reference to the fact that this is the Feast of Tabernacles and they were remembering that time where for 40 years they lived in the wilderness and they received their water from a rock. That rock that Moses struck and out of it came gushing forth this water that fed some three million people with life-giving water in the desert. Apostle Paul makes a very strange comment when he says, and that rock was Christ. Jesus, of course, is driving at the fact that there's something more important than just physical water here. It is spiritual water, a water that feeds the soul. It is odd for us to think of water as something that's living, but it's not so odd for us to think of water that is dead. Water that when we drink will have that exact effect upon us in our life. This last summer when we were in a city called Sella over in Germany, we went to the Schloss. And there we remembered or were told the stories of some of the lives of these aristocracy, these nobles, these dukes that lived there. And one of the amazing things that made us all cringe a little bit is the fact that they said that these nobles did not bathe. That's what perfume was for, to cover up. The water that was the water that only common people used and maybe bathed in was the water that they took out of the river. And that was the river that was filled with all kinds of sewage and other things of course, along with it were parasites and various other things that you would get if you drank from it. So these nobles would simply use powder and they would use perfume and to, to take care of the fleas that would crawl upon their body, they wore these little amulets that had blood placed inside of it and little tiny holes so that when the fleas crawled in and sucked the blood, they became big and they couldn't get out anymore, and that's how they captured the fleas that were upon their body. It makes us all kind of cringe at the possibility of living in a world where one does not have clean water. But it certainly does explain the value and the reason for why it is that beer was invented. Boiling all that water helped to purify, and at least by drinking beer, one was able to drink something that didn't kill you. Well, Jesus is here telling us that he is the living water, and we, again, know what the opposite of that is, water that can make you sick. I was out hiking many years ago with a friend of mine out in the Canyonlands, and we had we're carrying a certain amount of water with us, and we decided that probably we would be able to find some water out there in the canyons. And so 
we got out there and we found out that there was no water. We couldn't find any water. And finally we crawled up on the cliffs. And there was only one little puddle of water. It was very thin and there wasn't much water in it at all, but it had maggots in it. My friend got down on his hands and knees and he drank the water with the maggots in it and he got sick. And I walked 20 feet further and found a nice cool pool of water that was very nice to drink while he was retching over there from drinking all that bad water. Bad water makes us sick. Now, if we begin to understand what Jesus is getting at here, we can understand what it is that he is trying to tell us, though, about the kind of water that we've been drinking, not physical water, but the kind of spiritual water that we have been drinking. That is to say, we drink with our eyes and we drink with our ears, don't we? Remember that song, Reuben, Reuben, I've been thinking, what's that stuff that you've been drinking? What is that stuff that we have been drinking? We need metaphors sometimes to help us see our life and to put it in the proper perspective. This kind of water that we are drinking is a water that goes in our eyes and in our mouths. And of course, whatever comes in also is something that comes out. When it is the pure water of God's word, when it is the water of Christ, the water of Christ's forgiveness, the water that satisfies our soul, what comes out of us is the praise of God. When it is something else, it is the same kind of water as the world has been feeding us. What is it that we've been drinking? What about our people? Back in 2009, this institution called the Nelson Survey found out that children between the ages of two and five watch more than 32 hours a week of television. Children between the age of six and eight spend 28 hours a week watching television. The average person, and I suspect it might be even more today, was spending four hours a day watching television. And they said that a 65-year-old person will, by the time that they reach that magic and beautiful number of 65. I did this last week. We'll have spent nine years watching television. How is it that we are spending our time drinking through our eyes and through our ears. Another survey analyzing how people spent their time said that the largest amount of time that we spend is in sleep. We average somewhere around almost nine hours to that pursuit. Leisure is five hours. Work is a little over eight hours. Household activities, we are told, well, women spend over two hours and men spend one to one and a half hours. But they say virtually no time is dedicated to education. Another analysis, a flowchart of the free time that we have, 
they say that we spend about 3% of our time eating and drinking, about 3% of our time working in our households, 3% of our time traveling, 50% of our time in leisure, and 1% of our time is dedicated to our religion, about the same amount of time that we spend on the telephone in the week. Is it possible that when we drink that maggot water, that maybe it is something that will get us sick if that's the only water that we are drinking? Is it possible that if God's Word, this pure water, is not going into our hearts and into our minds, that it will not come out of our mouths with purity either? This is why Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Jesus tells us very simply with a great word of promise. He says, Come and drink. For Jesus is living water. These metaphors help us to understand all kinds of both positive spiritual things and also help us to also understand the very nature of sin itself. Although we must always remember that when it comes to breaking God's commandments that each and every one of us are responsible for our own behavior. But it is not difficult to understand that if you give people impure water, especially children, that this is the reason for why it is that they grow up to be sick. Parents who are materialistic are going to raise materialistic children. Children who are abandoned or abused become irresponsible and abusive parents. Selfish and self-centered people simply embitter the lives of people who are around them. And like polluted water from the river, those who drink from it are also going to pollute those who are around them. What is Jesus offering to us here? He is offering to us a cleansing of pure water, a cleansing from sin and the impurities that so easily affect us. In the book of Zechariah, chapter 13, the Holy Spirit writes, On that day a fountain will be opened to the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and impurity. That there in Christ, as we come to him, he washes away that sin and that impurity. He is also, we are told, offering to satisfy thirst with pure water. Have you ever found yourself, as you read the Scriptures, as you hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you through that Word, that it is actually satisfying a thirst within you, a thirst for truth, a thirst for purity, a thirst for holiness. If this thirst is a desire for things that are higher, things that are greater, things that are eternal, a thirst 
that comes from living in a world that is full of jealousy and greed and envy and bitterness and strife. All you have to do is pick up a paper and it makes you thirsty because of the world in which we live. In Isaiah chapter 12, the Holy Spirit writes, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day you will say, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon His name, make known among the nations what He has done. For great is the Holy One of Israel among you. He is promising not only the forgiveness and the purification of our hearts, not only is He going to satisfy with His Word that need, that desire, that thirst on our part, but He is also promising to us what is called the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's where our service today, we've been singing about the Holy Spirit. That, that Holy Spirit that was poured out at Pentecost, that Holy Spirit that filled those disciples and suddenly those who were afraid of these Jews and afraid of the world in which they were living, suddenly that Holy Spirit filled them with courage to be able to stand up and proclaim the truth of God's Word to the world in which they live. Not only does He pour that living water out into us, but He also pours that living water into us so that what comes out of us will result in His praise. In Isaiah 43, it says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you perceive it? I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I form for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. He goes on to say in that same chapter, You have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your offenses. But now listen, O Jacob, my servant. This is what the Lord says, who made you, who formed you in the womb, and who will help you. I will pour water on thirsty land in streams and dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing upon your descendants. And he says in Isaiah 55, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. So there is this thing called living water that is a pure, wondrous water that when God's Word of Christ flows into us and it flows out of us, it satisfies our souls and it gives to us a cleansing from our sin and it gives to us a hope that goes beyond this world into everlasting life. We do drink of the world's water, but we also have the gift of being able to drink of the water, the pure water of God's Word. And Christ invites us to His pure water, a water that cleanses us from our sins and satisfies our souls and fills us with the Holy Spirit to believe and to bring true and pure praise to Him. To Him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. May this peace of God which surpasses all human understanding. Guard and keep your thoughts and your minds through faith in Christ. 
unto life everlasting. Amen.